Welcome to today's episode of Whiskey Made Woman with me, your host, Bunny Love Shock. This is the place where, as ever, we invite love in so that she can do her thing. (laughs) Yes, please, and thank you. We are having a conversation about somatic liberation today. So this is part of my unique methodology that I teach and mentor and guide my clients and my community in. And let me tell you why this is really, really important. Because for me, as soon as I started to work with the nervous system, I felt like suddenly who I was and my clients also experienced this, I started to manifest myself. And that is the greatest manifestation that we have, let's be honest, manifesting this powerful creator identity and standing in that. You are not, as you've heard me say before, here to you know manifest a whole load of stuff so that you have a whole load of stuff to sort out, you know, but you you are here to manifest yourself, to manifest experiences and stuff is really, really beautiful, but it's not the be all and end all. Stuff is a costume, right? It's a, it's part of what we think of as our identity. I am a person who likes this. I am a person who likes that. Are you? Are you really? But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. One of the things we are going to talk about today is within the nervous system, the importance of disgust. Now, it's a li- disgust is a little bit like our conversation that we've had around abandonment, that we've had around scarcity, that we've had around some of the themes that actually we don't hear a lot of people talking to. And as you know, I believe that if we want to have an experience of it all, you know, and if we can have it all, which we can, that all includes it all, all, all. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I don't know if anybody's watching that. Hi, hi is the organisation that they that they work for. Truth be told, I've only managed to get through one point two episodes. I and I don't. I think I'm going to leave it to my husband to watch the re- the rest. It's just something. It's the pacing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have not connected with it. But anyway. That's fine because again, we are available for all of it, but not everything. Not everything is necessarily what what we want to explore in our experience. But when I trained as a celebrant, so as somebody that could hold ceremony and hold space for people who wanted to go through at that time very traditional experiences of, say, love ceremony, marriage, of um, baby blessings, I knew there was more. And I have been on a spiritual journey my entire life. How could I not be? I'm human. In a way, we also have to stop talking about spiritual journey as if it's something outside of our humanness because it it isn't. I think it would be more interesting to say I'm on an animal journey (laughs) because what is that, right? And actually an animal journey is so much also part of the of the method that I coach in and support in and teach from, or, you know, the poetry of where I come from, because I'm really interested in how everything, including ourselves, begins to manifest in a much more harmonious way after we stop trying harder and we start working with the nervous system. Because here's the thing, you can absolutely ritualize the fuck out of your manifestation process. But if your body is not involved, basically bye-bye manifestation success. You can try and control and hustle all of the situations. But if you and your nervous system are jacked up from manifesting one hit wonders, you know, having a really great month in your business, not having, not repeating that the next month, for example, 
getting a piece of press or praise, not getting that the next time, for example. If you are trying to control all of your situations and your nervous system is jacked up, you're not going to be able to actually handle longevity and sustainable success. And you can surrender all you want, but actually until you liberate and befriend overwhelm, you're going to keep crashing and burning in your attempts to create a life that you actually want to live and experience. Same with disgust. If you think disgust, disgust, (laughs) we are discussing it. If you think that disgust is something to be avoided, you are mistaken. There is so much magic to be discovered in disgust. And this one might push you to an edge today, or it might call you to an edge. And you might even feel in your body, even as we mentioned the word disgust. Again, this happened in the last episode. You might feel more saliva, so you can swallow, or you can spit disgust out of your mouth right now. This is what we see in a lot of shamanic ceremony. This is what we see in a lot of deep, powerful breath work. This is what we see in a lot of intimate transformational experiences, because this is tough to do in large groups. And if you're someone, as I said in the previous podcast, who, like me, was told that ladies didn't spit Ladies didn't chew gum. Ladies didn't do this. Ladies didn't do that. Spitting can feel awful. Now, if you want to have a better relationship with spitting, (laughs) I always think like, watch my big fat Greek wedding. You know, there there can be in many, many cultures, there's this sound, which is like tutting. We see it in Romany, we see it in Greek, we see it all around the world when there's this idea of actually just uh, spitting for blessing, spitting for clearing, spitting for magic, spitting for warding off the, you know, the evil eye. It's incorporated into culture. Disgust is something you can incorporate and learn from. And liberating disgust from your body is such an essential aspect of achieving somatic liberation and enhancing your overall well-being. I would not want you to miss this weird, this weird element of being human. Again, I don't think a salmon ever experiences disgust. Can you imagine, can you imagine a salmon being like, oh, Brenda, can you just jump higher as we're trying to get up this stream and this river to this place that we've decided is the only place we can lay our eggs for this breeding season? Honestly, I'm so disgusted by your efforts. No, of course a salmon isn't saying that to another salmon. Don't know why I thought a salmon would be called Brenda. But anyway, there we are. Or one bear looking at another bear or a wolf looking at its pups whilst they just are puppyish. It does not happen. Disgust is part of our rejection of being an animal. Disgust is part of our rejection of having a body. Disgust is a experience that we have learned epigenetically via all sorts of religious fuckery, spiritual unhealthiness, colonialization and all sorts of unhealthy patriarchy and matriarchy. And disgust is brilliant because again, when we experience it, it's a really natural emotional 
response that can actually save our lives. Okay, so for me, when I'm around about day 24, 25 of my cycle, I have the nose of a bloodhound. And I can smell what's in the fridge without even opening the door. And I will be like, absolutely not. Nope, that's not coming. My body is so acutely clear on what gets to come in and what does not get to enter via my mouth. <laughs> that even sometimes if a if a milk of any kind has been open for a couple of days, my body's like, no, no, absolutely not. So we have this really natural, healthy, keeping us alive, resilient form of disgust that's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. And again, we're really, really often, that's really, really, that's that's how important this is. We experience an invitation through a series of societal oppressive invitations to ignore disgust. So for example, if I went to my great granny's house when I was a kid, I was told, eat what is in front of you, whether you like it or not. And my body would go through all sorts of experiences as a result of that. And of course, more often than not, I was sick. I guarantee you've had this experience. You've had some family visit somewhere where people are like, I oh, just shut up and eat it. You know, just keep the peace, just eat it. And then sometimes when we eat things, we feel disgusted with ourselves or disgusting. So then we purge. Okay. So then we purge, which is where a lot of interruption to eating comes from. And it's aware, it's where a lot of bulimia comes from as well. It's where a lot of anorexia comes from too, but that is a, a different strand. It's a restrictive element, which is about absolute acute control over the environment of the body. Again, the body being something that's to be controlled and oppressed. Similarly, I am I am a recovered bulimic, but at times I will say that it can be very easy for me to consider being sick. I also recognize it and I can speak to my sponsor about it. So it's not a problem. You know, it's not a problem. It does not it does not rule my life. I have support. That's absolutely that's exactly as it ought to be. I really recognise too when I might feel sick around, oh God, I feel so sick. And then we feel like we have to get away from that sickness or we feel like we have to get away from that nausea. We don't, you don't. If you're feeling a sickness or you're if you're experiencing nausea just now and you have capacity just to simply be with that for a second or two, fuller inhale on my part there as well, you are going to allow a transformation that your body could have been asking for decades for, for decades. So disgust is really important when it comes to keeping us alive. When it isn't healthy is when it has become chronic or when it is directed inappropriately, such as towards ourselves or towards some aspects of our life because then it can start to have really detrimental effects. I love how often I'm saying really in this episode, good heavens, need to stretch my brain a wee bit or not. It's just where we're at today. It's just where we're at. So why would you want to liberate disgust from your body? 
discussed actually being liberated from the body helps us to improve our mental health again we started this conversation with basically you know we can enter into a relationship with the animal of us the body of us the wholeness the allness of us which means that we actually we start to manifest ourselves from a place of always being in alignment because we stop trying harder and we start working with our nervous system and the sensations of the body, not the meaning of the sensations, but the sensations of which disgust is a sensation. So chronic feelings of disgust, they can really contribute to, you know, kind of very detrimental and negative self-image decreasing self-esteem and also mental health issues such as depression and anxiety. So liberating disgust from the body via somatic liberation can lead to improved self-acceptance. That's a really gorgeous thing to be in a place of self-acceptance, to be in a place of accepting that you're in a body. So many of my clients are outside of the body. And sometimes they're even outside twice. And what I mean by that is that they are watching themselves, watching themselves, watching their body. And if it sounds super trippy, it is. And imagine living like that all the time. It's fucking exhausting. So we want to get a person not just into the first body, but into the second body. And from a spiritual perspective, there are up to 10, sometimes 12 body spheres, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about the animal we're talking about the practice of when we liberate disgust, it can also, so it improves our mental health and it can also enhance physical health. The body's response to disgust, and you might have felt this when we were talking about it earlier, is it's it's quite, you know, there's stress present in the body. There's tension present in the body. And obviously there can be positive and healthy tension and stress. But when it comes to the theme of today, it can have long-term effects, detrimental long-term effects, that, that level of tension, that level of stress. And when we have tension and stress for a long time, it affects the immune system, it affects the digestive system, and it affects cardiovascular health. So releasing disgust can really help really reduce stress and promote a different type of physical health because again, we are starting to come into relationship with the whole body, trusting the signals and the sensations from the body, including disgust. And when disgust is trusted, we're not going to eat stuff that's bad for us, that's going to make us sick. We're not going to spend time with people that are bad for us and make us sick. And we're not going to go into environments that are bad for us and make us sick because as soon as you get that sense of contraction or mm-mm, as I get it, it's like my mouth closes. I'm like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's not coming anywhere near me. And also I have this with things that I really love, by the way, at different parts of my cycle. So I only drink coffee, um, maybe... I don't know, maybe a week or 10 days spread across my cycle. It's not all the same week or 10 days because I can't, I can't actually handle, um, because coffee is so potent as a medicine. It, I, I just, it's wild to me that we have coffee in, in the abundance that we have. It is medicinal. It is ceremonial. It is sacred. It is a wild heart opener. I remember when going to my first, I think it was my first Costa coffee when I lived in London for the first time. I got this amazing at the time. I think it was a cappuccino, also milk. 
I could not put that amount of milk near my system now. It, coffee tends to be espresso um, because it just cow's milk. I do, I, again, I have it in tea a little bit and I can cope with it again at certain points of my cycle, but not all the time. If I ignored that, that really natural teacher of disgust, I would be poisoning myself over and over again. So I trust it because I trust the animal of me. I trust my body. And, you know, it just was wild to me that there were these kind of shops that you could go into that sold this sacred bean, the coffee bean. And people were just pumping it into their systems. Um, Whenever I say pumping it like that, um, I just get louder. (laughs) When I think about um, everyone is going to be yelling the band who who sang this song at me and I can't get to it either. I'm at, I'm day three on my uh, bleed as I'm recording this. So my my brain is only has a certain amount of words, but I can talk to you about the nervous system uh, almost by rote. So look, why? The, let me give you another reason as to why understanding and processing disgust healthily actually allows for us to have greater emotional intelligence. Isn't that wild? Isn't that amazing? So by liberating disgust, We can better manage our emotions. You can better manage your emotions just via those examples that I've given you there. So which leads to healthier social interactions, entering into healthier relationships, entering into uh, a, a way of being and experiencing liberation in your body that models it for other people and for your community because communities are really, really important. We need healthy communities and if we keep overriding the the symbols, sorry, I was trying to say all sorts of words there at the same time, the cymas, what's a cyma? If we're overriding the cymas, we're not going to be able to liberate ourselves. Good heavens. So we've got improving mental health. We've got enhancing physical health. We've got increasing emotional intelligence. And I don't want to say confront, but if you meet a sensation of disgust and you be with it, it's a powerful catalyst for your self-growth because then you're really coming into a relationship with your body. And when you liberate disgust, you can move into this level of inner and outer success that you actually might never have experienced in your world or in your life before. And so helping you to overcome what might be biological limitations, disgust, avoiding it, for example, then you can embrace new possibilities. And because disgust is awesome, it's got such characteristics to it again, right? It's got such like, it has sound, it has tonality, it has a character, you know, like, again, if you were going to, if disgust was going to be played by a character, you know, who would that be? You can think about characters from stories and movies and TV shows and books and all sorts of things where you're like, oh, no, thank you. I mean, I think about Princess Fiona and Shrek, who is also, uh, you know, who's also an ogre, and who is also obviously uh, a cannibal, right? Because she was in that tower for I don't know how many years and she's looking fairly thrivy, if you ask my opinion. So every prince, in inverted commas, 
that's rocked up to save her. I think she's had dinner with them, but not in a way that the prince expected. I think the prince became dinner. <laughs> I don't think, I think he joined Princess Fiona for dinner, but again, not in the way that he expected. So have a think about the things. If you if you want to really get into this, you know, have a think about and have a feel into some of the things you feel disgusted by, because they can often be a barometer for actually perhaps what you value or don't value, what you think is okay and not okay. And then if you can be with that and you can liberate that sensation, you can actually create a huge amount of space in the body to recognise that disgust is also something that you are always going to experience. It will always be part of an animal's experience, again, because it keeps us alive. And when we're in healthy relationship with it, when we are supporting our somatic health, because we're emphasising the connection between our awareness to actually what, what is healthy for us, the things we want to put in our mouth, the things we want to put in our mind, the things we want to put in our environment, then we can actually resolve a lot of somatic issues. We can resolve chronic tension. We can resolve insomnia. We can resolve um, emotional root of physical symptoms. So in the context of somatic liberation, as I teach it through my method, which my new method, or not my new method, but my new way of speaking about it is actually through body prayers, which is a physical a physical method, which is so wonderful. Liberating disgust as something negative, liberating disgust as something to avoid is a really crucial step towards creating a holistic, ongoing, sustainable state of well-being, that when that well-being is not present, it still might be present a little bit, but when scarcity is there or abandonment or disappointment or disillusionment, or judgment, or comparison, or disgust, you can be like, ah, okay, this too is part of the experience. I knew to anticipate this. So then you are integrating your emotional processing with physical movement that we haven't, we haven't talked about the specifics of this today, or physical awareness that we also haven't talked about today, so that you get to unlock new levels of freedom and success. And then you start basically trying to ritualize the fuck out of your manifestation process without your body. You start to include your body, your being, your allness, your cells, there's memory in everything. And then you really start to create this what I would consider like a magnetic aura for yourself in the first instance that permeates into your community because we need extraordinary community leaders who are in the world working with their body, working with all the things that we're perhaps not supposed to. And then you get to create a life and a community that you truly, truly love. Now, look, if you are interested in immediately going into this and you want to know more about it, I would say get into Manifestation Reimagined which is my course that just turns manifestation upside down and it allows you to become a radical receiver by practicing a lot of what we've talked about today and that'll that'll support you that's available uh, that's available in the show notes and that's available right now which is very very exciting if you are alumni with me drop me drop me a little message and I'll get you a code for that as well. Because if you've sat with me before, this is the, this is the great benefit. This is the great benefit of being in community. Everybody benefits, everybody benefits. This is what we want to, this is what we want to be. And so allow yourself to be in that place that you don't want to avoid disgust. You want to train yourself to be in a place where you can have a relationship with it and then see where that takes you. See where that takes you. And remember again, in the podcast, I am 
I am offering you the tippity top of the magic. Okay, this is the tippity top. There's so much more beneath this. So there is lots for you to consider. There's lots for you to experiment with. But I would not want you to think that this is all that there is because there's so much more. There's so much more. It has been my absolute joy and delight to yet again bring another super weird theme to your conversation on Whiskey Made Woman. Come over, come over, come over to my place. Hey, you. Uh, then um, come over to Instagram at loveshock, L-O-V-E-S-C-H-O-C-K. And, you know, drop me a message about what stayed with you, what's changed with you. Tag me in your favourite quotes. Please leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple. Leave a written review across on Apple as well. And then I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.